Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lou Weiss, uh, and welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, and our URL is mfgtalkradio.com. Tune in and listen to the show. Uh, we have uh, a postscript from last week's show. Uh, we had a gentleman by the name of Tony Bennett, not the same one that you're thinking of. He's the president of the Texas Association of Manufacturing. And he, he, he talks a, a great, great story about what's going on in Texas and the economy down in Texas. They presently have about 450 uh, member companies totaling almost a million employees, most of them Texans. Um, the, the point of their organization is to promote um, manufacturing in Texas, and they've gotten Texas government to work with them to uh, bring in companies from outside of Texas to uh, set up manufacturing there. Uh, there's all kinds of tax abatements and uh, benefits for companies to go down there. And uh, matter of fact, we've been talking a lot over the last several months about the millennials and uh, the gray hairs and so on. And the average manufacturing compensation today in Texas is $79,000 a year. It's the highest in the private sector in the United States. So that's that gives a pretty good reason to go down there and get a job in uh, manufacturing where it's nice, nice, cool, and sexy. Uh, this week we have uh, really an important news item. Next week, Fabtech, Atlanta, Georgia. It's the first or second largest manufacturing uh, metalworking show in the United States. They're expecting... 37,000 attendees. They will have 1,500 exhibitors. And uh, we were uh, invited to be there, Manufacturing Talk Radio, to interview live, uh, online. And uh, we will be broadcasting on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We'll be interviewing with the keynote speakers. Uh, we have uh, well-known people such as uh, the Vice President uh, Cindy Marsiglio, Vice President of U.S. Manufacturing for Walmart. Uh, we are going to have uh, several of the presidents and vice presidents of the FMA, the PMA, and a couple of the other organizations that are sponsoring Fabtech. Uh, so it should be uh, an exciting show. So far, we've got about 15 or 20 interviews set up for those three days, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. Actually, they're even setting up a live audience area for us, so if you want to come on by and, and see what a radio show looks like, uh, you know, be our guest. We might even ask you a question or two. We're also having a, a rare treat, uh, Rocky Blyer who is a, a four-time Super Bowl champion and a Vietnam veteran. Uh, Rocky is uh, going to be talking uh, today uh, on that event, um, uh, motivational speaking about how to conquer issues in, in a competitive market. So we're looking forward to seeing Rocky, and I'm sure many of you uh, out there know who Rocky is. Uh, Brad, do we have you here? Uh, this is Brad Holcomb. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can hear you, Brad. Uh, this is Lou well, Weiss. Well, Brad, we're, we're glad to finally get the technical glitches out of the way. Welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you. I was uh, trying to call in. Uh, hopefully I was pressing the right buttons, but I'm glad to be with you again. Great. This way we don't have to do the show without you, being that these are your numbers. 
<laughs> well, they're, they're manufacturing numbers. They're all of our numbers, and they're good That's ones uh, this month as well. Oh, they're terrific. Uh, before you uh, popped up, uh, I was just uh, talking about the increase to the 590 uh, which really is a fantastic number. And uh, I'm going to let you take over from this point. Great, great. Um, yes, 59 is, is a wonderful number. It uh, is a, a return to the same number that we saw in the August uh, report, 59. And, and at that time and now that was a three-and-a-half-year high. So, um we suppose uh, you could say we took a little bit of our, our pressure off the gas pedal last month, but we're back on that same trend, positive trend that we've been uh, building all year long. And it's supported by some great uh, uh, supporting indexes as well. Actually, uh, Brad, I was reading, um, where was I reading? Fact, fact list. Is that the organization? They were predicting before you came out with the number that they were predicting actually a drop. And uh, I, I don't know if you uh, are aware of that or not. Yes, there there are a number of organizations, uh, a number of the, you know, the usual Wall Street uh, journalists that also predicted uh, a number you know, lower than uh, lower than this. In fact, lower than last month. But um, you know, you kind of have to have faith. And I, I look at at this as you know a, a whole set of organizations that are strong and resilient. And uh, you know, just like Wall Street uh, last month and the last few weeks has had a a correction. It was a short-lived correction. We're right back where we. We started from essentially, and the same is, is true in manufacturing. So the fundamentals are clearly still there, and it's broad-based with strong new orders, strongest production number in 10 years. Employment is up. Supplier deliveries is slowing uh, faster, which is good news, and inventories is growing faster than last month so all five supporting metrics are well above 50 and increasing over last month and it really doesn't get any better than that well there is one other number that um, from a marketing standpoint that i i really love and that's the backlog of orders and that just flew off the chart that uh, 60 uh, i'm sorry at 53.0 uh, six points up, which is terrific. Well, it is, and particularly if you look and think about production at 64.8, uh, up a little bit from last month, but registering that that 10-year high, my my goodness, even though production was was banging away on all cylinders, it still didn't uh, wasn't able to to eat into the backlog. So. With new order strong and back order order strong, it really looks like we're set up well for a strong finish uh, for the fourth quarter. Brad, I know that uh, there has been quite a bottleneck at the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles. Uh, ships bringing goods over from China, no flatbeds or uh, front ends to move the goods off of the docks. Right. Um, have you have you heard about that, and do you see any impact of that moving forward? Well, we've we've heard about it. In fact, I have one comment uh, that I list in our respondents' uh, quotes, and that is from the chemical products industry that uh, you know the most business segments are seeing an upward trend in orders, mostly from existing customers, but also some new customers. And then the final uh, comment uh, from from that company is transportation continues to be a major issue. Now I don't know if that's a particular statement to you know the ports that you were talking about, um, but we do hear about transportation and, and freight uh, tightness and, and issues. 
but it doesn't really seem to be impacting the numbers in in any 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 broad sense uh, at this point. It may uh, it may well have uh, an impact uh, not too far down the road, though, Brad. Uh, they have uh, fewer uh, pieces of equipment. Uh, the old story about the uh, gray hairs uh, leaving the industry, and you know the the youngsters, the millennials, they don't want to drive trucks. Uh, so we're in that same millennial gray hair job shortage, equipment shortage yeah. issue. And uh, and I'm I'm quite concerned about the numbers are great, but what happens if you can't ship the goods? Well, very very true, and you know, like like you know, every other issue, the United States is pretty resourceful, and we'll figure it out. We'll start having to you know increase pay rates and uh, make sure that uh, the equipment is you know feels like home, etc. So. Uh, yeah, it's obviously something to watch and something to be concerned about. That uh, that millennial gray hair graph gap uh, shows up in a lot of places, and uh, you know everybody is trying to think through that. So not uh, to Brad, bring, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lou. I was just going to uh, say not to bring up politics and the election, uh, <laughs> but it seems appropriate that we should say something about it. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a, a, a big uh, flip-flop as to who's going to wind up being in the head dog in, uh, in Congress. Um, how is all that going to ultimately play out as far as uh, the ISM is concerned, uh, Brad? Yeah, I wish – I sort of wish, but I sort of wish I, I – you know, I'm glad I'm not an expert in that category. I think, you know, Washington just – you know, does its thing and, and you know, manufacturing in the private sector tries to to look beyond that and, you know, get, uh, you know, get guidance and help when necessary and appropriate. But this private sector is what is, you know, moving the country along, and I think manufacturing is, is leading that. So, you know, in a, in a sense, um, it, you know, it might not make uh, a big difference, uh, one way or the other, but again, I'm I'm certainly not an expert in that category. Um, I we'll sent get my you to make a forecast. We'll, we'll get I, you to make I a send, forecast yet at some point, Brad. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Brad, the, you know I, the forecast what, in Dallas is for rain because I can <laughs> see it's raining right now. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Brent, I know, uh, you know, almost 11 months ago you came out with your uh, annual forecast and then you updated it. I think it was in May. It could have been in April. You'll, you'll uh, let me know what month you operated on that right. to make it, you know, tweak it. It seems to me, uh, looking back, uh, as we now roll out the year, that you're operating, we're operating well above forecast. Is that true? Well, I, I think I think that's right. In fact, I've got that in my hand. And of course, we were together in, in Vegas when we re- released this. We had a an expectation or a forecast of revenue increase in the manufacturing sector of 5.3 percentage points. And while we don't track that specifically month to month, it certainly feels like we're we're on top of that. Um, the the only area which um, I, I don't think or think that we may not have achieved is capital investment to increase capacity. Uh, that estimate was 10.3%, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see if uh, if that transpired. But overall, we're, we're at or above uh, our forecast, which was a, a pretty, um, you know, robust uh, forecast update in late April, early May. And that capital uh, uh, spending, when would our audience know whether or not that played out? Is that an end-of-year thing, or is that when you come out with your December report on December 16, 17 of this year? Yeah, we'll have an update in uh, the December time frame. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're preparing for that now. So uh, we'll see where the year ended up uh, in terms 
seems uh, it's a little soft. Is that consistent? Your, your reading is a little softer than uh, you predicted? Well, as I kind of try to think back through the, the past several months um, and think about machinery, uh, which strongly relates to capital investment, uh, that hasn't always been towards the top of the of the growth list. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. I could be wrong, but certainly from a revenue standpoint, from an overall growth standpoint, uh, I mean, for example, this month, and it's been fairly consistent, 16 of our 18 manufacturing industries are reporting growth in October. Uh, and as we've uh, touched on, you know, strong orders uh, very broadly as well where 14 of our industries are reporting growth in new orders uh, in October. Uh, three uh, industries are flat relative to, to last month, and only one industry reporting a decrease in new orders in uh, October, and that was wood products. And um, I'm gathering that uh, the customers of wood products uh, just have a little bit too much uh, inventory at this point, uh, and that should uh, correct itself. So, again, broad-based uh, strength. Uh, this trend has been amazing. We're back to 59. We've got a 10-month high in production this month. Two months ago, we had a 10-month high in new orders. So manufacturing in the U.S., uh, despite you know some cited softness in, in, in Europe, uh, in China, you know, we're going strong and the world is enjoying uh, manufactured products from the United States. I want to take a, a quick break here, Brad, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. But when we get back from break, I'd like to have you compare kind of where we are now and what's happened over the last 90 or 120 days to some previous point in history, because I almost feel like it's stronger than 2007, but I'll let you share that with our audience, and we'll take a quick commercial break here and and uh, be back with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Mm -hmm. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. All Metals and Forge Group manufactures open die forging in blocks, hubs, shafts, flanges, cylinders, gear blanks, and custom forge shapes, including seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, nickel alloys, copper and titanium for parts and assemblies in aerospace, oil and gas exploration, defense, machinery, transportation, shipbuilding, energy and power, pulp and paper, and many other industries. Visit steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. It's no secret that manufacturers are having trouble filling jobs. Now with ThomasNet's new job board, help is on the way. For manufacturers, thomasnetjobs.com is the go-to resource to recruit new talent. Post your jobs and get in front of thousands of potential employees. Or, if you're looking for a new job or you want to reinvent yourself, thomasnetjobs.com offers exciting opportunities from the shop floor to the C-suite in supply chain management, engineering, production, or sales. Remember, thomasnetjobs.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And we're back with uh, Brad Holcomb, chair uh, of the... Uh Institute of Supply Management's report on business uh, on uh, manufacturing. Um, Brad, it seems that in the last couple of months we've been very strong, positively strong, with the ISM number uh, or the PMI number that you report. Is this stronger than 2007, or uh, is it relate maybe back to 2003? Well, I'm looking at at my charts. 
and a couple of, uh, you know, 2007 was, uh, you know, pr- pretty lackluster in the in the really low 50s, uh, even touching 49. Uh, 2008, of course, was uh, was the year where where everything tanked and we started to you know, climb back up in, in 2009. Um, now, you know, everybody knows that this, this recovery has, has gone in fits and starts, and we can certainly see that uh, as we look back in our data. Uh, 2010, for example, was really the first year from the recovery that we showed a fairly consistent, uh, uh, you know, 12 months strung together from a January of 57.2. I won't read them all, but January of 57.2, February of 55.8, um, and then finishing up the year at uh, at 57.5 in, in December, 57.6 in no- November. So. You know the mid mid to high fifties fairly consistently, um, and and yet uh, I'm coming to a couple of other you know maybe more interesting years. January of eleven started at fifty nine, and and the first half I think many of us will recall this. The first half of the year was going you know really well, and then. The second half of the year kind of petered out and and finished uh, you know at uh, 52, 53. You know from a start of of 59, and we had one, two, three, four consecutive months: January, February, March, and April of 11 that were essentially you know 59, you know plus or minus uh, an inch. And then the, as I said, the second half of the year sort of you know, tailed off and, and didn't finish well. Uh, 2012 um, was actually, you know, somewhat similar, where we started in the, in the well, it, it was really, you know, it started in the, you know, 53, 53 area for the first few months, and then finished off, you know, November was 49 and a half, and December was was uh, was 50. So again, there was a year which uh, which tailed off. Uh, 2013, um, on the other hand, uh, you know, started off uh, in the 52, 53, 51, touched at 50 in April and May, both at 50 even. And then it started to to accelerate, uh, if you recall, and it ended up at 57 and 56 and a half in, in December. Well, uh, so that was a very promising year, which was you know better than than certainly 11 and 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 12, and it had a better pattern. And I like a consistent pattern, and, and I wasn't seeing it. Well, you know, it, that was very very. You know, promising the December 13th, uh, you know, pick up November, December 13th. But then along came that, uh, that terrible winter, right? So it kind of yep. knocked everything for a loop in, in the start of this year, January 14th. Uh, so we fell back down to, to 51.3 and had yet um, the, the pattern for this year you know, even with or let's say particularly with that slow start, has just continuously, almost month over month, uh, built up uh, its momentum, its confidence, if you will, and, and is the most uh, satisfying year for me, you know, since the recovery. Uh, Brad, uh, I've been reading some uh, economist forecasts and such for uh, how we're going to finish 14 and what they're looking at in terms of uh, 15 and 16. 
And the GDP, uh, they're looking at uh, three point something in the mid right. mid threes, and uh, they're talking about uh, fifteen at uh, the low fours. And the, the the gentlemen who really have a lot of nerve are talking about the high fours for sixteen. Um, that that's a pretty good rate of climb. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen. Uh, Four and five uh, percent GDP. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, uh, yes. Um, now, if we look at and just just roughly, I remember specifically our second quarter numbers um, on average equated exactly to a four point zero uh, increase in in GDP, which is ultimately what the government. Uh, final correction was 4.0 and so so now when you look at you know 57 let's say a 57 average for the last three months and that's just rough I'm doing it in my head if I look at a uh, 57.0 that would be a 4.6 GDP estimate. That, that's where our correlation ties. So, if if this holds, um, and if the rest of the economy, you know, follows suit with manufacturing, you know, we could be in that four to five uh, uh, GDP range. Right now, we're in a three to four range uh, for the year. You know, I hear a lot of talk about the uh, retail sales for the holiday season. Uh, that they're really predicting, uh, they're now beginning to predict that uh, we're going to have a, an extremely good uh, holiday uh, retail season. Do uh, you have any comments on that? Yeah, we've we've got some comments from our panel this month. Uh, one in particular from the food and beverage, which is which is loaded with uh, with a lot of different things. Uh, says holiday orders are exceeding seasonal forecast. Customers are demanding additional quantities above prior orders. And then it says fuel costs and other positive signals appear to be creating demand above normal. So for example, you know, you go to the go to the gas pump and, and fill up, you know, everybody is, is saving money right now and uh you know, this comment suggests they're going to the grocery store and, and spending what they save. And it's not just about, you know, those specific dollars, but it's about sort of the attitude and the mindset of, you know, you know, fuel is coming down, you know, everything else, you know, despite problems in the world is, is feeling, you know, fairly fairly solid, fairly sure. And so I've seen a lot of those articles as well. Now, if I look at my data, which, uh, you know, I should stick to as opposed to <laughs> forecasts and such, uh, customer inventories went up three and a half points to 48, which says uh, that they're restocking uh, building inventories of finished goods in anticipation of, you know, good orders from the final customer, the end user, the consumer. So we're very consistent with that notion. Brad, uh, I know that your report, you correlate it to GDP. Can you explain how you do that? I'm not asking you to give the the magic formula, but how you get, uh, for instance, this month, what 59.0 would correlate to GDP and and how you uh, uh, determine that? Yes, that that's done um, in conjunction. It has been done over the years in conjunction with the Department of Commerce, who has employed uh, programs such as the Extrema XR15, I believe it is. I, I could be a little bit wrong in that nomenclature, but some sophisticated software that um, uh, does a correlation between our PMI and uh, GDP uh, statistics over the course of, of several years in, in arrears. And so we, we rerun those correlations uh, every January, 
and uh, and tune it up. They don't change much uh, because you know correlations are are pretty solid and things you know don't move that quickly. So we do tune them up. We work. We have worked over the years with the Department of Commerce applying you know state of the art software, and uh, that that's how we arrive at uh, our correlations. It's just fascinating to me that you can look at that 59.0 and come up with a GDP figure, and then we hear the GDP figures coming out of the government, and you're right on the money. So it's, it's an excellent piece of work. Well, Actually, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, um, no, but seriously, we we do uh, have a, a solid, long-standing model uh, across the board, top to bottom and side to side. And you know, I know there are there are other indexes out there, and I hear comments uh, from the press that you know they always uh, look at ours as the um, as the bedrock because of our history, because of the consistency uh, with which we have, um, you know, produced results and that we continue to correlate well. For example, you know, another area that we correlate well is employment. We are a leading indicator um, of the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, numbers that come out several days after we report. And so, uh, a number such as we have this month, 55.5, up uh, almost a full percentage point from last month, will generally indicate, uh, you know, a, a, a corresponding increase in employment. Uh, uh, and I think we'll hear about that from the BLS on Friday. Well, that's. Uh that's exactly the kind of information I wanted to get out to our listeners because the numbers have been accurate. I, I've understood, you know, we hear the PMI number carried on the, the mainstream media. Um, uh, we uh, think it's even a number that the president can hang his hat on uh, because I think they're always waiting for it to come out. Um, give us some feel, if you will, for new orders. New orders have been so very strong. Uh, and I know that we've seen some you know, inventories were too low. Um, now it looks like we're starting to see new orders. Are inventories going to be pressed down lower, or are they going to rise up as we try to manufacture faster? What's happening in that, Brad? Yeah, well, let, let's start with new orders. Um, as I, you know, kind of a broken record, but new orders drives this whole system. That should be you know, fairly straightforward, and, and new orders ultimately come from the consumer, which drives the, the U.S. economy. And, you know, in our case, uh, I think I alluded to or mentioned that 14 of our industries in October are reporting a growth in new orders and only one industry reporting a decrease, and that's because of, I think, uh, an over-inventory situation in, in wood products. So very, very broad-based, and just as a reminder, in our report, when we list the industries, you know, from top to bottom that are growing, the first one on the list, which in this case happens to be primary metals, you'll love that one, is growing the fastest of all relative to last month in the month of October. So that's followed by plastic and rubber products, textile mills, fabricated metal products, uh, furniture and related miscellaneous. I won't read them all, but it's you know almost all of them. It's 14 of our industries. So you know, very very broad based, and um, you know production is high as I mentioned, and is trying to keep up with that relative to the labor on hand. And uh, everything is is quite tight at the moment, which is which is good news. The other uh, point, uh, going back to primary metals spread, one of the things that we're seeing uh, on the all metals and forge group side of our activities, uh, we're seeing a lot more uh, long-term uh, projects. Uh, it's not so much uh, hand-to-mouth. Uh, there are manufacturers who are now who are investing 
in uh, monthly deliveries uh, out three months, six months, a year. Uh, so they're feeling fairly confident that their uh, order structure that they have is uh, firm enough to, for them to make that kind of commitment. So I just thought I'd uh, throw yeah. in our, our personal experience with that. Well, and I think that's that's a little bit new relative to the last uh, few months and perhaps a couple of years when customers have been more tentative, uh, more hand-to-mouth, and and so on. And to the extent that that's changing, that certainly reflects a growing confidence, uh, which I think is, you know, a very important emotional component to, to all of this. Um let me let me come back to this uh this uh you know aspect of new orders and, and inventories. One of the things that I track uh and occasionally talk about is to take our new orders index for the month, uh the reading and which is sixty five point eight, and I subtract the inventory number, which was uh, 52.5, and that differential happens to be 13.3 this month. That's a very strong number. Uh, it means that you know you've got more orders uh, on the books than you've got inventory to support it. Uh, and as, as I've kind of watched this over the years, anything above five in that differential, I like. It generally speaks to you know a continuation of you know the trend that we're that we're on. So we um, we actually have uh, let me look at January. You know we were we were in the two to two point six to two point one. Uh, you know finally five point nine in the June time frame, and then in in July. That differential was 14.9. August was 14.7. Dropped back a little bit in October to 8.5, and now it's back up to 13.3. So that's another way to look at the, the implications of strong new orders relative to inventories of raw materials. As I said, I like anything above five, and we are uh, almost three times that at this point. So just for our listeners, Brad, uh, just to repeat to repeat that, it's new orders minus inventory gives you this differential. And yes. the differential of five or greater is strong. Correct, yes. Um you know, it's four, not four uh, years mathematicians would probably argue with my my approach there, but again, it's uh, it just is a logical relationship between new orders and inventories that uh, you know is interesting to watch. And uh, anything above five, uh, it feels good that uh, we'll have a continuation of the of the current positive trend. Forty years I'm listening to or uh, listening to the ISM, and this is really the first time that I I've heard this, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's uh, I like tenor better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've got we've got tenor better right now, so <laughs> That's you're, right. you're 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 where you need to be. Okay. Um, but the, the, this this whole report right now and the feelings, you know, read the comments as well. Uh, it, it feels like we're well positioned to finish off the year uh, in good shape, and um, and the, you know that's about all we can say. And and we'll see in December, you know, exactly where where we did end up. And. Uh, uh, invite our, our listeners to, sure. to tune into that as well. Brad, we're going to take a short commercial break here, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania, is a leader in specialized cranes. 
hoist, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, we're back, uh, Tim. And Brad, I'm just curious because that that was a, a very interesting correlation that you just shared with our audience. Are there any other uh, of those pearls or gems in this report where you do a calculation between a couple of uh, of its segments to see if there's an underlying indicator? Well, that's really the the key sort of you know nuanced uh, one that I look at. Um, but I I also look at you know the differentials, not just the numbers, but the differentials. Uh, for example, in uh, you know a change in a change in new orders or a change in anything, I track when when I have a, a high number for the past several years or a low number and you know in new orders uh, again back to December of uh, 13 new orders was at 64.4 and in January we attribute that to the harsh uh, winter it dropped down 13.2 percentage points that was the biggest drop in in several years I think uh you know, and I get a pink marker on my spreadsheet automatically when that happens. So I look at at those differentials when they when they peak, and then I look at uh, you know, in the same sense, new orders change a positive 6.1 in the uh, May to June 13th timeframe. So I do look at those differentials and try to you know, discern or uh, impute uh, what, what's going on there. And and then the other thing is I look at uh, my colleague Tony Nieves' uh, NMI report, which will be released tomorrow, and I find that, uh, you know, we actually, you know, we actually speak for the whole economy between Tony's non-manufacturing and my, my, my manufacturing and it's interesting to see where the details of his indexes and some sub-indexes are. And we find uh, a great deal of, of consistency, but also there's some things that sort of, you know, make you, you know, scratch your head or, or wonder. And sometimes we lead uh, and sometimes he leads in certain categories. But it's it's important for all of us to look at, a number of economic, uh, you know, indexes and reports and news, you know, obviously starting with the ISM reports on on both sides, but adding to that to gain a a broader understanding of what's going on broadly as well as in your specific industry. And I would like to remind our listeners that both of these reports are available at www.ism.ws. Uh, the ISM report for manufacturing is already up. Brad just mentioned that the one for non-manufacturing from Tony Nieves will be out tomorrow. And I know we've had some interesting uh, conversations with both you and Tony on the show when we kind of compared those two reports and realized that, in fact, that does give you a fairly complete picture of the entire economy. Uh, Brad, when do you do the next release of your annual forecast? Do you have the the day picked out in December yet? Yes, I do. It's uh, the 9th of December, 
we'll release our, our forecast, uh, our wrap-up of the year and forecast for next year, uh, 2015, on the 9th of December. Okay. Well, that will be certainly and important for our listeners to tune into and, and get to uh, www.ism.ws to pull that report down. What time does that yeah. come out? Do you, do you know, Brad? Um, I believe that's at 10 o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time as well on on the 9th of January. Okay, consistent with when you release the other. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, such powerful that. information. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And, and just as a reminder, this is uh, put together uh, through um, talking with uh, the same panel that does the monthly reports, but we asked them to come at it from a different perspective. I asked them to put their forecast hats on, take a look at 2015 from everything that they know and see inside their factories, what's going on with their companies, pull it all together. And really, it's a, the, the December one is a rich, complete, uh, lengthy document that has a wealth of information and uh, forecast for, for the year ahead. Now, in the second half of this report, where you're talking about exports, imports, backlog, uh, prices, and, and customer inventories, Brad, is there anything in there in particular that you'd like to share with our audience that's interesting this month over last month? Yeah, there's there's a couple of things that are, that are noteworthy. One is prices. Uh, prices came off in terms of a rate of increase by six percentage points. Um, a lot of that has to do with the energy sector, and we cite uh, specifically diesel and gasoline. I think you know everybody sort of realizes that as they pull up to the pump uh, as well. But it it has you know if your portfolio has all of these you know energy stocks, that's one thing. But it happens to be good news for manufacturing, and some of our comments refer to that. that, For example, from fabricated metal products, which takes a lot of energy to produce their their goods, weakness in commodity prices, very positive on our business. I already mentioned the one from the food and beverage industry where the fuel costs, among other things, are creating demand above normal with that extra savings. So... Uh, that's one thing is prices. Um, uh, I like to see them come off uh, because it, it really, uh, you know, supports the idea of, of growth in manufacturing and improvements in margins, which will allow companies to continue to reinvest and move forward. The, the, the second thing is exports. Exports is still growing, has been growing for 23 consecutive months, but it's off two percentage points down to 51.5. And, um, you know, we reported on this, uh, you know, on Monday, I think, you know, the next day some statistics came out from the government, which uh, correspond to that and talked about, you know, a reduction in uh, the export balance uh, for that uh, period of time. So it's something to watch. Uh, it's still positive and growing, uh, but I'd like to see it uh, higher, of course. And uh, how about imports? Is uh, the 54.5 really a reflection of the goods coming on shore for the holidays? Well, it's re- yes, it's, it's a reflection. You know, we're in that time frame, uh, 54.5, up one and a half points from last month. It continues to show that we like, uh, you know, imports of raw materials from abroad. Uh, their pricing is good, the selection, the availability. Uh, so that's been growing for 21 consecutive months, and it is a good solid number uh, in October. Well, I think that we're coming up near the uh, end of our segment, uh, Brad. We certainly appreciate your uh, being here and uh, giving us insight, especially that little golden nugget about uh, new orders and inventory. I really like that one. Um, 
We have uh, the show will be rebroadcast on our podcast in about 30 minutes uh, after the show. So if you didn't hear the entire show, certainly tune in to mfgtalkradio.com and uh, you'll be able to hear the whole show. And uh, again, I'd like to just remind everyone about next week at FabTech. Uh, we will be broadcasting not only Tuesday, but we will be broadcasting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Tim and I will even get to see one another. Um, and we're really looking forward to the show. We've got some terrific guests. Um, and you can go to our website. You can see who's going to be on the show. And... Uh, we look forward to uh, giving you all kinds of great information about what's going on in the fabric, metal fabrication area, manufacturing area, and um, we look forward to uh, having a terrific three days. Uh, Tim? Brad, again, thank you for being on our show and for taking our listeners through this report. We always find it insightful and fascinating between your report and Tony's report, uh, it gives our listeners a wealth of information. I'm sure they're looking at other reports, but this one, and I would agree uh, with, the, with the mainstream media, that this one really has been the gold standard over the years. Uh, we certainly enjoy having you on the show. Again, thank you for being our guest. My pleasure. And I think for today, that wraps us up for Manufacturing Talk Radio. As Lou mentioned, we will be back in again next week, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our usual show time. And we look forward to uh, hearing from any of our listeners who want to send us an email. Uh, please send it to uh, info at mfgtalkradio.com. If you'd like to hear a prior show, those are also at mfgtalkradio.com. You can hear them at uh, on iTunes as well. Uh, there's a couple of other uh, syndication partners that we have to get the show out there, and uh, we look forward to that. And, Lou, I'm going to ask you to do a quick close of the show since you're working directly with our engineer and I'm out on a remote today. Uh, not a problem. And I do want to make just one correction to your comment. Our next week Tuesday show is not our regular show. It will be at FabTech in Atlanta. It will be there Tuesday, oh, right, right. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It will be exciting. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to Rocky, uh, the four-star. Uh, right, Rocky Blyer. And uh, looking forward to uh, meeting him. Uh, I understand he's quite the, uh, quite the speaker. So that all being said, I think uh, we have a wrap. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.